Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Starting off the third quarter here on Bink Sunday, 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com, the Odyssey app. Christian Ocero, Grant Nicholson here. One more hour in the show. Last segment, I talked about how I'm concerned about Andrew Wiley. Should he start at the uh, right tackle spot? Because frankly, you know, we watched him play some games last year at, at right tackle, and he wasn't particularly good in them. Saints game. I, I remember coming on a few days after that and just being like, oh, my God, like him and Rimmers might get Mahomes killed because they're struggling against these edge rushers. And, you know, the same thing happened in the Super Bowl. You know, you had backup guards starting at tackles. That is concerning. That was concerning, and it ended up being the biggest reason why you lost. So someone texted in on the uh, J Southland toe service text line, 913-576-7610. So do we want Pat to stay in the pocket or escape the pocket and create magic? I think that he should try to stay in the pocket if he can, and he should only roll out and try to create that Mahomes magic when necessary, because that's when it works. If Mahomes is rolling out the pocket all the time, that's a problem. He's getting antsy, and we've seen him make mistakes doing that, especially this year. This year, Mahomes has rolled out the pocket and thrown a a lot of interceptions doing that. So what we should do, and and I talked about this at the beginning of the show, Mahomes, the offense in general needs to be shortened up so that Mahomes doesn't have to sit there and wait for guys to get open. They need to start manufacturing some yards, shorten the routes, call some – plays specifically designed to get the ball out of Mahomes' hands quickly. You know, use more running back screens, wide receiver screens. If you remember the 2014 offense, put a little bit of that in there. Even the 2018 offense used a ton of short passes to open things up. It's one of the reasons why that offense was so effective because uh, not only did you have Kareem Hunt, but they were using Kareem Hunt in open field situations, getting him the ball and letting him go out there and, and take chunks out of the defense because defenses would play them deep And so there were times where they had to go out there and just sustain long drives, but they were doing it by getting the hands into the the ball into the hands of their playmakers and letting them go. And those are plays you don't need Mahomes to sit there and go through and sit in the pocket and do a bunch of reads. Just take the snap, get the ball out quick, let your playmakers make plays. I think that's the situation you're in. Um, And it could be the best way that you, you'd help Mahomes in his situation. So I want to talk about 
why I do not think that the Chiefs are in the dire straits that some people are making them out to be. That does not mean that there's nothing to be concerned about. The offense is absolutely a problem. And as I just stated, uh, there are there is a solution that could be had that could help them be able to move the football down the field effectively and would put them in a good position to be a winning team again. But the thing that really helps the Chiefs out is the fact that right now there is no team that has played the level that the Chiefs have played the last couple years in the AFC. Right now, there is, I mean, it's basically a log jam in the conference. You have 11 teams right now that have winning records in the AFC. 11 teams. 11 out of 16. Almost two-thirds. Actually, almost 75% of this conference is at 500 or better. I mean, is over 500. And that's something that gives the Chiefs a chance because there isn't that elite team. There isn't a team that's like that was in the position the Chiefs were last year where at this point they were a one-loss football team and basically were just coasting, racking up wins, and making sure that they didn't get hurt going into the playoffs. It was just basically preparation for a postseason run. That's what this Chiefs team was doing a year ago. There is no team like that right now in the American Football Conference. We don't even know who the best team is. Every week, there is always a new answer, a new debate of who is the best team in the American Football Conference. A couple weeks ago, it was the Titans. And then the Titans lost Derrick Henry and, they and you know, Julio Jones is gone for uh, at least three weeks because he just got put on IR yesterday. We don't know what they are going to be as a team now. They're missing their second best receiver and they're missing, missing the guy who was the front runner for the MVP up until his injury. And then you look at the Bills and, you know, yeah, like the Bills beat the Chiefs. They, they beat the mess out of the Chiefs. They just lost to the Jacksonville Jaguars last week. They scored six points on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Like, all of a sudden now, the Bills look incredibly mortal. I remember two weeks ago, I was on with uh, Bink for Bink at Night. And I remember him being like, who's going to beat the the Bills now? Who's going to, where are those losses going to come from? You know, the Chiefs are probably out of the the race for number one in the, for the number one seed because the Bills. And then the Bills lose to the Titans and then the Bills lose to the Jaguars and all of a sudden the Bills look really mortal now and at this point now if you lose to the Jaguars you can look at the rest of their schedule and say that they could lose to anybody because they do have the Saints still they do have the Bucks still um, they do still have some divisional matchups though they've done a pretty good job against their division but you know they got games against the Patriots still like it's very feasible that they could lose enough games to where if the Chiefs get hot, they could overtake them and, again, be that one seed. The Chiefs are not out of the one seed race. As much as, as much as they have not played great, they are not out of the one seed race. There is no clear front runner. And I think the thing that is encouraging is the fact that the Chiefs are still in the race, even though they're just barely above 500. I mean... How many games could we point to this year and say they the Chiefs played Chief football? 
like played football the way that they normally do during this dominant run they've had in the American Football Conference. Maybe the Browns game? Because that was their style of game. They very frequently get down early to teams and then make a comeback. Their defense plays good for a half. They make a comeback. They end up getting ahead, and they hold them off for a victory. Chiefs have done that a lot over the years. That, to me, is probably the only one you could say, hey, that's Chiefs football right there. Defense is good when it needs to be, but a lot of times they, they'll struggle against talented offenses. And the, the offense struggles a little bit early on, gets hot, gets them plenty of points to win. That's probably the only game. Every other time they've had key turnovers in spots that have cost them games or had a bunch of turnovers that resulted in them missing opportunities. This is, or, you know, as what we've seen lately, this team has just struggled to score points altogether. Probably besides the Browns game, I don't think you could point to a game where the Chiefs have played Chiefs football. And even then, they're in a position where they still could feasibly get the one seed. That's really, really encouraging if I was, if you're a Chiefs fan. If the Chiefs win tonight, At that point, it vaults them back into contender status. If they beat the Raiders tonight, and which they're favored to, I think the last time I checked, the line is like minus two and a half for the Chiefs. If they win tonight, now people are like, Chiefs are back. The narrative is different. Chiefs are back. Now they're six and four. They look like they're potentially in the driver's seat. Certainly, you you don't have tiebreakers against, like, the Ravens or the the Bills because you lost to those teams or the Chargers right now because you lost to them, but you still play them again later this year. But if you just have a better record than those teams, you're fine. The Ravens just lost to the Dolphins on Thursday. So the Ravens don't want to be great. The Bills just lost to the Jaguars. So the Bills don't want to be great. If you beat the Raiders, then the Raiders don't want to be great. The Chargers got smashed by the Ravens a few weeks ago. I mean, right now, this conference could still very well go in favor of the Chiefs. So I'm not as concerned about the Chiefs being in dire straits as a lot of people are. Because the Chiefs have been beating themselves. I mean, the Chiefs have been winning ugly pretty much all year long. I mean, all year long. I think the the cleanest win they've had was against Washington. And even then, that was still kind of an ugly win because you had key turnovers and there were chances that Washington had, if they had a better quarterback, to go and win that game. But they won ugly last week against the Packers. They won ugly against the Giants. Um, they won ugly against the Browns. I mean, they're constantly just winning ugly. And yet they still find a way to win. And when they lose, they generally are losing because of themselves. I mean, listen to Eric Berry, I mean, Eric Berry, uh, Eric Bienemy talk about the struggles that they've had on the offensive end and how that's contributed to their record. We just need to keep playing. I know that sounds just like coaching talk, but uh, we just need to continue to play. And then on top of that, we just need to continue to execute. For whatever reason, we're having a breakdown here and there, and it's not just one particular position. 
You know, it can be a penalty. It can be a, a, a lack of route depth. It can be a poor decision uh, made uh, by the quarterback as far as reads are concerned. It could be a bad read by the running back. So we're all in this together. And so when it's all said and done with, like I tell our guys each and every week, let's line up and play against the opponent, okay? Because the Chiefs right now are kicking the Chiefs' ass, all right? And so <laughs> let's go out and play against the opponent, give ourselves an opportunity, and then let's see what happens. And he's right. The Chiefs have been kicking the Chiefs' ass all year long, and yet they're still over 500. And they're still in a position to take the driver's seat of this conference because no one else in this conference seems like they want to do what the Chiefs have done the last couple years. Bills blew it last week. Ravens blew it on Thursday. Chargers blew it against the Ravens a few weeks ago. No one wants to do what the Chiefs have been doing. The Chiefs have a chance to continue what they've been doing the last three years. And it could start tonight. If they get a win tonight against the Raiders, now all of a sudden it could spur them. It could build some momentum. We know that the Chiefs would have more wins if they didn't hurt themselves so much. They probably would be in the driver's seat for the conference if not for a turnover, you know, three turnovers in Charger territory or a fumble by Clyde in field goal range at the end of that Ravens game. We're talking about a, a, a seven-win football team. If not for four, uh, technically five turnovers against the Bills, we'd be talking about an eight-win football team. And everything's different. The only win you could look at and say, I mean, the only loss you could look at and say that the Chiefs just got their asses kicked by their opponent is the Titans game. And in, if, in the Bills game. I mean, they did, but I, again, I think it was more so their mistakes that cost them in the Bills game. You I think, think it just, was mistakes? Yeah, I thought they, got they, their butt handed They did, them. but they turned the ball over four times and turned it over once on downs. Like, you you, you don't turn the football over as much as they did in that game and, and then win. Like, and, and the Bills took advantage of that, pick six, scored touchdowns, but they their mistakes put them in a position to lose. I, I honestly think that the Chiefs would have won if they hadn't turned it over so much against the Bills. But I understand. I mean, again, like Bink doesn't think that. And it, and if you don't think that, that's fine. But I, I think the Chiefs are probably an eight-win football team if they don't kill themselves like they've been doing this year. And even though they have been, they're still in the position that they are right now where they could still feasibly be the top team in the conference at the end of the year if they get hot and get back to what they've been doing on offense, they're not as in as they're not in as dire of a situation as many people have been trying to make them out to, to be in coming up next. I tell you why it's okay to be disappointed that the chiefs weren't able to get Odell Beckham jr. You're listening to Bink Sunday on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas city chiefs, 610 sports radio call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. 
And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. In here on Bink Sunday, 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com. The radio and radio. <laughs> Twice now, I've said it. It's the Odyssey app. Kristen Ocero, Grant Nicholson. Continuing the conversation here on the Chiefs. The biggest story earlier this week was about one Odell Beckham Jr. And this one got a lot of Chiefs fans heated. It got people like me excited because, you know, had the Chiefs been able to land Odell Beckham Jr., it would have been a huge get for them. But there was a lot of people in Chiefs kingdom that were very much against the Chiefs going out and get o- getting OBJ. And here's, here's what I'll say about that. You know, and then after OBJ signed with the Rams. There were a lot of fans out there that were like, whew, you know, wiping sweat off their foreheads because they were worried or saying that they were worried about the Chiefs getting OBJ for whatever reason. I don't believe that there were that many people that thought, like legitimately thought, that OBJ was a worse option than what the Chiefs have. You can't watch Odell Beckham Jr. play football and tell me, that that guy would not help this Chiefs team. You can't. Not from a football standpoint. You just can't. Like, I seriously, I, I cannot. And I know there's people here at 610 that have said, oh, oh, you know, we don't need, they don't need them for whatever reason. There's no football reason you could give me that would tell me that Odell Beckham Jr. would not have helped this Chiefs team. You can be like, oh, well, Josh Gordon. Yeah, well, Josh Gordon's not a good example. Josh Gordon, he's had he's had trouble just staying on the field because of his issues. And, you know, at, at his age and with his lack of playing time, uh, we don't even know if he's the same guy that he used to be. So uh, that's not a good example to me. This team has struggled to find a third pass-catching option in their receiving core, and that's the reason why – they are teams are able to kind of key in on Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey and make it tougher for them to move the ball down the field. He would have helped. Absolutely. You cannot, like I said, if for football reasons, you can't make that argument to me and have credibility. For me, I think the people who were uh, relieved he didn't come here or were against him coming here in the first place were doing so not for football reasons, but for personality reasons. And if you wanted to make the argument that OBJ wouldn't be a fit in the Chiefs locker room, cool. You know, I don't agree with you, 
because they've had other controversial type players in that locker room before and they've worked just fine. You know, I mean, we all forget that Travis Kelsey used to be considered a diva by this team. Now he's an upstanding citizen and everyone loves him here and, you know, he's great. But we forget the time that he threw a towel at a referee during the when they were playing against the Jaguars a few years ago because he was pissed off at a call. So it's not as if this team is is devoid of any sort of expressive characters in their locker room. We've had guys like that before. But I feel like fans let their personal feelings about a player affect how they view that player on the field. And I, I, I was talking about this with Dusty earlier before the show. If OBJ ended up having a Hall of Fame caliber career, I feel like there would be a lot of people in the media who would refuse to vote for him on the first ballot simply because they did not like him as a person. Much in the same way they did the same thing with Terrell Owens. Terrell Owens, if you were to take his numbers and compare them to most Hall of Fame receivers, easily, you'd be like, deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, first ballot, no question, no problem. But the reason why he wasn't voted in was because it wasn't voted in the first two years he was eligible was because of his personality, because of what he did in the locker room, what he did outside the locker room, the fact that he was doing sit-ups in his driveway and got let go by the, by the Eagles after uh, not getting the contract that he wanted and making a big deal out of it. Like, I understand why people did not like Terrell Owens, but they let that affect how they view him on the field when Terrell Owens was always a great player. He was always a great player, and people are like, I don't like Terrell. Terrell Owens doesn't deserve to be first bout Hall of Fame because I don't like him as a person. And I feel like that's what people are doing with OBJ. People are like, OBJ, the person can be a problem he can be a look at me kind of guy he's very flamboyant and flashy and you know like uh, I know CDOT was talking about this earlier uh, on Thursday when I was producing the drive for him he was like OBJ is like one of the few celebrities in football like he's a notable name outside of football as a football player like he's a legitimate celebrity if you see him out in public you're like oh it's OBJ like he's got an iconic look I remember after he got popular, um, after he got drafted into the league and was playing for the Giants, I saw so many people out and about with the same kind of hairstyle as him. You know, tons of people I know. I'd see guys at the gym, guys at the store with their hair the same way that he does. And it was iconic. Like, he is a celebrity player. And because of that, he plays up to that. And there's a lot of people that don't like that. They don't like that he's kind of a diva. I've said this many times before on the air. I like a little diva in my wide receiver or corner. I I like a little diva because those guys are passionate and they care about winning and they also care about playing well. And he's the kind of guy that you want on your team because he cares so much. And you could see that because when he wasn't being treated the way that he should be by the Browns, he made it known and got his got himself released. He was able to get out of Cleveland and he was able to go to a situation that he wanted to be in. And 
look, if you don't like OBJ the person, that's fine. But don't conflate that with how you view him as a player. Because let's be honest here. He, if you, I mean, if you just look at his numbers this year, and he's playing with a quarterback that's not throwing them the football very much. If you look at his numbers this year, it's better than any other receiver that the Chiefs have right now, save for Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. Like, he doesn't have as many yards as McCall Hardman, but his per reception numbers are way better. He's like four yards more per reception than, than McCall Hardman is. And he doesn't have a problem with drops like McCall Hardman does. He would have immediately helped this team out. They don't have to do a whole lot of complicated things with them. Call screen pass. Let him catch the ball right at the line of scrimmage and just go. He immediately would have an impact on this team. So I feel like the people who are anti-OBJ were doing so because of him as a person, not as a player. If you're going to come out here and try to say that you don't think that Odell Beckham Jr. was a good enough player to help this team, I'm calling BS on that. So it's okay for you to be like, hey, you know, I don't like him as a person. It's okay for you to be like, I don't think that he helps this team in the locker room. And I, and I think it's okay for you to be like, hey, I think that OBJ uh, would have been good here, and it's unfortunate that he didn't sign here. Because now the big narrative is, oh, the Chiefs can't recruit talent. That's what you're hearing now. All the media people are like, oh, well, uh, why can't the Chiefs recruit players to come here? Why couldn't they get Antonio Brown to sign here? Uh, why couldn't they get um, Juju Smith-Schuster to sign here in the offseason? What about Odell Beckham Jr.? Why couldn't they get him? And it's like the thing that we are missing is that sometimes players' motivations are different. In the case of OBJ, I think very much that location was just as important as competing for a title. And he got the best of both worlds going to L.A. Not only is he going to a team that right now is considered the Super Bowl favorites, but he's also going to a team that is in a city that is very well known for having a lot of things to do, having a lot of business opportunities, and having a kind of lifestyle that a flamboyant celebrity player would like. It's the reason why his buddy LeBron James left Cleveland and went to L.A. It was a lifestyle move. He wanted his kids to grow up there. He wanted to push his business more. He's got a production company out there. Um, he, I mean, he, he needs to take some acting classes because he was terrible in Space Jam too. But he, need, he really wanted to get opportunities outside of basketball that he wouldn't have got in Cleveland. And for OBJ, it's probably the same thing. He probably wants to go enjoy that Los Angeles nightlife. Maybe he wants to expand his business outside of football and become an even bigger celebrity than he is. If that's the case, being in Kansas City probably isn't what would help him in that in that regard. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes is uh, a generational talent and has certainly grown here and become uh, probably the most recognizable face in the NFL aside from Tom Brady. But Mahomes would probably be better better uh, served if he wanted to get into entertainment being in LA. Now Mahomes doesn't seem like he wants to do that. And I think we're all grateful for that because you know, we, we want him being here, but if he wanted to a location like Kansas city, wouldn't be the best place for that. So it very much seems as if OBJ wants that outside of football. And that's the reason why I think he signed. 
I don't, I don't, and in the case of like Juju Smith-Schuster, opportunities. He was going to be the third best option here in Kansas City. And you could probably make the argument he's the third best option in, in Pittsburgh. But he probably believes he's better than Claypool and Deontay Johnson. And he believes, hey, I can go out there and get the touches that I want playing in Pittsburgh rather than going to Kansas City. Plus, he's made it clear that he really likes playing in Pittsburgh. He wants to, he's, he's still young. I think he's like 24, 25. And he believes he's got a big money contract on the way. And he's got to go out there and perform in order to get that. And that's the reason why he signed and stayed in Pittsburgh rather than come to Kansas City. I understand that some people look like, well, you know, Tom Brady worked his ass off to get Antonio Brown to come play in, in Tampa. And he worked Gronk over to get him to, to come back and then push to get traded to Tampa. I understand that. But in the case of the Chiefs, I'm pretty sure the Chiefs are confident in the talent that they have. And there's a lot of people that are looking at the situation the Chiefs have and like that offense isn't going to make me as much money as I'd like it to. And you're looking at star players and they're like, I'm not going to get to eat as much in this offense as I would in this other offense. So I don't, I'm not going to hold that against the Chiefs for not being able to quote-unquote recruit. But I do think that if you're one of these Chiefs fans that was trying to say that OBJ, the player, wasn't good enough, I think you're lying to yourself. And you're lying to everyone else that you tell that lie to. Just be honest. You're disappointed he didn't sign here. And we'll all just cope with it and move on. Like I said, I said this before in the last segment. The Chiefs are not that far off from being the team that they were. Their defense right now is clicking on all cylinders. If their offense can get going tonight, that's going to build a lot of confidence and put the Chiefs in a position where they could dominate the rest of the year because if their offense gets going and their defense continues playing the way that they are right now, this Chiefs team is going to be a team that's going to be feared even more than they already are because teams still do fear the Chiefs. It's the reason why they're playing two high safeties every single time the Chiefs drop back to pass. Coming up next... I'm going to tell you why the claims that people are making that the league is caught up to the Chiefs are false. You're listening to Bink Sunday on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. 
You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Final 20 minutes here on the show. Pink Sunday, 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com, the Odyssey app. Kristen Ocero, Grant Nicholson. 20 minutes until your uh, your NFL Sunday starts. I was talking to my girlfriend earlier. I was like, the the... The, the greatest thing that anybody could say to me is seven hours of commercial free football. Like that is, I told her like if she, if she really, really wanted to be nice to me, just say seven hours of commercial free football all the time. Cause that always, that always gets me going. Like I, I love that. Like seriously, I'm really excited. I, every, every fall Sunday, I, especially when the chiefs don't have to play at noon, I'm always incredibly excited about uh, watching some red zone. So as soon as I get done here, I'm about to hurry home and try to watch some of this red zone and enjoy it because the Chiefs are playing Sunday night, which means we don't have to sit around and and, uh, and watch them play in a time slot where we could be watching other football too. Maximizing the football watching. Uh, I'd be debating with the guy in the Jay Southland Toe Service text line who is attempting to do the same thing um, that that I've told people they don't need to pretend to do, which is trying to downplay OBJ's abilities and accomplishment. He's trying to say that uh, OBJ isn't as good as, as people make him out to be. Uh, when was the last time he was good? You know, just two years ago, he's been hurt the last couple of years. Um, and he was like, Oh, he does it in his productions in garbage time. The team hasn't won. And it's like, uh, well, that, doesn't really matter for receivers. Receivers, I mean, Megatron made a career out of scoring garbage, uh, scoring touchdowns in garbage time when his team was down, but he still played great and won. I mean, he still played great and, and put up those numbers, even if he didn't do a lot of winning during his career. He was still a great receiver, and he was doing, he was putting up these amazing Hall of Fame numbers. Now, if we're going to debate whether or not OBJ is a Hall of Famer or not, you know, we, I don't know. He's been hurt the last few years, so... Uh, we don't know if, but the, when he is healthy, he's putting up Hall of Fame caliber numbers. He just hasn't been healthy enough for us to go out there and say that he is a Hall of Famer right now. Maybe he, you know, in LA, he gets back to what he was doing before his injuries. And now we could be like, okay, this guy is a, a Hall of Fame caliber receiver. But if you look at his production, it's up there with the very best in football. And you cannot deny that, even if you don't like the person. And that's my big point about OBJ. If you're saying that he wouldn't be a good fit from a talent standpoint, you're only doing so because you don't like him, not because you think he's a bad player, because you can't look at his numbers when he's healthy and say that that's not good because it is really, really good. So one of the claims that a lot of people have been making this year is that the the league is caught up to the Chiefs and, you know, all these teams have, have – uh, they're, they've evened themselves up with the Chiefs. If you're saying that from a talent standpoint, you're wrong. Josh Allen has not caught up to Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes has dipped in terms of his performance. If Patrick Mahomes is playing like Patrick Mahomes, 
the Chiefs right now would still be the front runner in the conference. Let's just put that out the way right now. If you're saying from a strategic standpoint, from an X's and O's standpoint, a coaching standpoint, you're right. Teams have caught up to the Chiefs. They've figured them out a bit. They know the strategy, and they've come up with the counter strategy, an adjustment. And the Chiefs have not done their job to adjust to the adjustment. That's where the Chiefs are right now. But I don't want to hear anyone attempting to make an argument that from a talent standpoint, teams have caught up with the Chiefs. Because I still do not see a team that has a combination of quarterback and two pass catchers at the level of what the Chiefs have. I still don't see a team that has a coaching staff or at least a head coach that's at the level that what the Chiefs have. The issue is that the Chiefs have, from a strategic standpoint, not evolved. And maybe that is a, something that you use, that you hold against the coaches. Because you expect Andy Reid to be ahead of the curve as far as how he builds this roster and how he coaches this roster week in, week out. But his game plans haven't evolved. So if you want to use that against it, sure. But no quarterback is at the level of Patrick Mahomes right now. Patrick Mahomes has downgraded himself. When Patrick Mahomes is playing like himself, he's still, by and large, the best player in the league. And uh, it's not even close. When he's playing like himself, when he's not turning the football over, when he's able to move the ball down the field, you know, fit the ball into coverages, he's still at his best. You know, when, when he made that, that throw to Tyree Kill at the end of that game against the, the Packers, everybody here in Chiefs Kingdom was excited because they were like, oh, my God, Patrick Mahomes is back. It was just a small glimpse. But Patrick Mahomes is back, and everybody was excited because we know that when he plays at that level, he's the best in the league. And that's the reason why I don't believe this narrative that teams have caught up to the Chiefs. The problem is the Chiefs are getting in their own way. As uh, Eric Bieniemy, offensive coordinator for the Chiefs, has said, the Chiefs have been kicking the Chiefs' ass all year long. And he's a thousand percent correct. The Chiefs are getting in their own way. They've gotten, if anything, they might have gotten a little complacent with their strategy and they have not found uh, an inspiration to evolve as a unit. They've gotten comfortable doing things the way that they have done, which happens when you are a very good team. And complacency is generally the downfall of greatness. The Chiefs have allowed that to put them in a situation where it looks as if teams are at their same level. But we know, watching this team, that this team is is playing down to competition. This team is not executing the way they normally do. Like I said before, I think maybe the only game we could point to this year where the Chiefs have played Chiefs football is probably week one against the Browns. Because we certainly expected the defense to have their struggles this year, and the offense came through and won them the game. And then the defense at the very end was good enough to hold on to that victory, and we were all like, okay, the defense could be a problem, but the offense is still the offense. Ever since then, mistake upon mistake has compiled and pushed them down further and further. They're beating themselves. From a talent standpoint, I don't believe any league in this, any team in this league is at the level of the Chiefs, save for maybe the Bucs. That's it. 
Maybe now you could point to the the Rams with OBJ, but even then, we didn't even know how he fits in with that team. It might be a situation where he's not a scheme fit for them. We'll see. I think he'll be fine, and I think that right now the Rams and the, and the Bucks are the two teams you look at to come out of the – one of those two teams is coming out of the NFC. That's it. The Chiefs, if the Chiefs play the way that we know the Chiefs can play, they are still, by and large, in my opinion, the favorites to come out of the AFC. So I think for them, they need to get back to doing what they do best, and I think everything else will sort itself out. Coming up next, we go over the top storylines of the NFL week as we – Finish up the show. You're listening to Bink Sunday on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Final few minutes here on Bink Sunday, 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com. Christian Ocero, Grant Nicholson. The biggest story going into week 11 of the uh, NFL season, actually, yeah, yeah, week 10 actually, is the Rams bringing in Odell Beckham Jr., He's expected to make his debut on Monday night, which is going to be important for them because they lost Robert Woods to an ACL tear on Friday at practice. And so the Rams, who we were thought to be the favorites in the NFC, probably still are by many people, myself included. But now losing Robert Woods hurts their chances a bit. And it makes Odell, instead of them having an a, uh, a, a overqualified wide receivers room, now it's like it's, it's really good. And again, we'll see what happens with OBJ, um, how he fits in chemistry-wise with that Chiefs team, I mean, with that Rams team. But the Rams being dealt a blow to their title chances a bit. Big story. We'll obviously be tuning in to see what happens on Monday night. Um, it's a, f- a funny story here. Uh, Cam Newton, former Patriots quarterback, former Panthers quarterback, Reese, he basically signed with the Panthers one year, like up to $10 million, I think, in, with incentives and whatnot. Signed back with the Panthers. He's expected to be active, but not expected to play. We'll see what happens. But it's actually pretty funny how a lot of people are like, the Panthers should just hold on to Cam Newton last year. They decide not to. They let him go. They bring in Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater is there for a year. Doesn't play great. Their team that that struggles. He ends up getting uh, getting sent to Denver, and they they end up trading for Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold started off hot, has not played well in a long time. Then he gets hurt, and now they're in a position where they're like, "Hey, we've got a talented team. We just need a quarterback." 
and they decide to go with the quarterback they let go before last season. So Cam Newton is going to be is, is back now with the Panthers and looking like he is he might start next week. If not play some this week, I don't, I don't think he's going to start, but if he does end up playing and if he doesn't end up playing well, he might end up getting a long-term offer from the Panthers, the team that let him go, which is, uh, you know, a, a crazy example of everything coming full circle. Titans, their bad luck continuing as not only do you lose Derrick Henry, who was the front runner for the MVP, uh, especially after uh, his performance, his performances that he had had uh, with the Bills and not so much against the Chiefs, but he was still effective when they needed him to be. Um, but it wasn't nearly as much because they were throwing the football against the Chiefs. Now they lose Julio Jones uh, going on the IR. At this point now, it's kind of hard to see the Titans being a contender because you've lost so much talent. Now you're relying on A.J. Brown, who's had a, a good last few weeks. Uh, I know from a, a fantasy standpoint, it's been nice to see that. Ryan Tannehill starting to work his way up as well. The question is, can their defense keep up? the way that they've been playing the last few weeks. Because their defenses, they played well against the Bills at the very end of that game. They played really well against the Chiefs and and uh, also against the Rams. So now it's like, okay, can their defense keep this up? Because going into the year and for much of the early part of the season, we were looking at the, the Titans' defense as being a liability for them. And now because of the uh, improvement to their pass rush, they actually look like it's it's – something that could help them out in the long term and, and push them to be a contender. I mean, I certainly don't think they can keep up the momentum, but if that defense continues playing at, at the level that they've been playing at, it, it, you certainly can't discount them, even though they don't have Derrick Henry. And then finally, the controversial taunting rule for the, uh, that ended up almost, you know, pretty much deciding the game between the Steelers and the Bears um, that was a game that I think now we know that the taunting rule is a problem in the league. We knew it before, but now there's like some solid proof. It seems like every year now there's some sort of rule change or new rule put into place that ends up being controversial and ends up causing problems for the for the league. That's something they're going to have to sort out because they just find that man almost, Cassius Marshall, almost $6,000 for that. Special thanks to Grant Nicholson for producing this operation. Special thanks to you, the listener, for taking time taking time out of your Sunday morning to listen to me. I am Kirsten Ocero, and this is Bink Sunday. You're listening to Bink Sunday on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.